Hey, this is Don Felder, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks with John Caddick. episode 469 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 469, we are pleased to welcome to Iron City Rocks for the first time the band The Ghost Hounds, uh, who've just released their sophomore album, Little Calamity. Uh, It's available now, so we're going to talk to Johnny and Joe of the band in just a little bit. Also joining us, formerly the band The Mama's Boys, you might remember them from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, They did a, um, Mama We're All Crazy Now was one of their songs they did a cover of it, as you might remember, Quiet Ride did as well. Had some other uh, hits off that album. Uh, One of the members, Pat McManus of the McManus Brothers, have been in the band. Pat is... uh, got his own band now out of ireland and he is releasing an album on october 8th so we're going to catch up with him and talk about that album in just a little bit and then finally joining us melinda calazi of women who rock kind of the 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 uh, dynamo force behind women who rock there's an event going on october 16th at stage ae we will talk about that about the charity about their work so we'll get into that in a little bit. So off the album, Little Calamity, this is uh, one of the first singles from the Ghost Towns. This is Good Old Days. We'll get into that interview with Johnny and Bob. If these are the good old days, don't let them go to waste. Yesterday's over and tomorrow ain't here, yeah. These are the good old days. Tomorrow's just a promise that Time can't keep while everybody's busy walking in their sleep. But if you blink and you miss it, then it never comes back like a runaway train. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Johnny Bob and Joe Monroe of the Ghost Hounds. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. How are you, John? Doing very well. Uh, you guys released uh, your sophomore album, Little Calamity, here just last Friday. Um, we've got a lot of things going on. You're a band that it's it's been hard not to hear about in the Pittsburgh music scene, but for for a great reason it's great to see you guys gaining gaining traction nationwide um you know i think a lot of bands in pittsburgh can get kind of big in pittsburgh uh and that's wonderful but you guys have made inroads uh getting on national tours uh some incredible opportunities to open for some legendary bands um can you guys talk a little bit about how little calamity differs maybe writing wise musically from the first album Sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think just the natural evolution and progression of a, of a musical conversation when you have a band playing together, you know, the, the more repetitions you get, the more it organically becomes, uh, organically evolves and becomes, you know, a more distinct voice. And I think, you know, after we finished our first record, you know, we hit the road pretty hard that year in 2019. And, um, you know, we were, we were, riding off of that momentum and uh you know we were able to actually finish recording this record right before the lockdown happened so we've been sitting on it for for quite some time okay. but um it was a really fun process you know we just kind of like i said just kind of continued the momentum coming off all those shows and and just went to the studio and just laid it down you know? when you did the the um debut album had you guys been playing together for a long period of time i know you guys kind of pulled musicians from, you know, different areas and different cities and things. Was it a pretty cohesive unit in the debut album? Yeah, the, the debut album was really when we all first uh, got together in this assembly of the band. And um, we were we were still pretty fresh then, you know, um, we had all known each other. Most of us had known each other for years from either playing in the New York City scene or another mm -hmm. other, uh, you know, musical endeavors. But as a as a unit that was we were still pretty fresh and we got to you know meet this guy and he came in and yeah and just laid it down so uh you know that was the last addition to the band of you know of every of the current configuration and uh you know i think uh so was, we were we were new just knowing each other at that point i, I was at least with these guys and uh you know it's <clears throat> as the second record happened i think that the familiarity and the the conversation, as as Johnny put it, you know, is it was more of a, a the second album was more of the total and like more of us coming out in that right. record than it was in the original one. So, is it somewhat like a relationship? You know, when when it's new, you guys were a, you know relatively fresh group of musicians working together in the studio. You've got that excitement of, of hey, you know, I'm really feeding off what this guy's doing versus the familiarity and the, the nonverbal cues that you've probably established after two, three years on the road. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it, it very much is like, you know, just the whole thing of human beings meeting each other, you know, you get to, you, you start to, to figure out the way people talk to you in this case, musically mm -hmm. and, how to respond and you know so that that part kind of just keeps growing the more you do it yeah i, I don't necessarily think it, it it fades away it's i think it's one of those things where the the deeper you get into it the more nuanced it becomes yeah so while you first get together you know as you know first uh when you're getting used to just learning each other musically and playing with each other for the first time you know everything is new and then you know like joe said you start to kind of learn how people speak musically and then uh what i find really fascinating is that the deeper you get into it the more you kind of learn about the mm -hmm. vocabulary everyone in the band is a really top-notch musician and i feel you know really honored to play with these guys all the time and you know you just get peaks the curtain gets keeps getting pulled back a little bit more a little bit more and you really yeah. see the, yeah. the vocabulary and and the, the know-how with everyone's craft you know it's great yeah. I mean, the other thing that I think that's kind of interesting is when I listen to some of you guys playing individually, you know, prior to the band, you know, you didn't all necessarily come from the exact same style of music. Was there, 
discussions on what the band's kind of scope of sound was going to be, or was it something that just kind of evolved, you know, as his songs started to get written and people started to add parts that this is the sound that evolved or was this something discussed, I guess, maybe for lack of a better word. When I met Thomas, you know, we just, uh, we got introduced just as friends and, and, you know, as a guitar player, it's always great having friends that are guitar players because, you know, there's a level of, nerding out you know i call it you know where you get to talk to someone who's also excited about you know why this guitar in 1959 was heralded after versus what pickups they switched to in the 60s and you know thomas and i just you know as we got to know each other as friends and we would just be jamming you know we have a a very we realized we have a very parallel musical interest and kind of musical lineage in terms of what we've listened to and learned how to play as guitar players and you know, we kind of at a certain point looked at each other and we're like, hey, should we like put together a project? Because our main thing is, you know, we try to play music that we would want to hear. Uh, and then, you know, rock and roll is, you know, I think coming back around in a cycle where, you know, mm-hmm. we deliberately wanted to start, you know, a rock and roll band with a certain sound and everything. But organically, I think the and you, I think you can see this from the first record to, uh, you know, our second record. You know, there there was a natural evolution of just kind of finding that niche of like how everyone speaks and, and what that kind of amounts to, you know. Was it difficult? I mean, I, you mentioned another guitarist, and I think of, of many, many bands that have had twin guitars. Um, and there's always a bit of a, a rivalry to that. Now you throw in Joe's playing and, and you're all kind of fighting for you know, I, I love in some of the songs, you know, you hear two, three solos. There's a guitar solo, piano solo, another guitar solo. Is it sometimes a little bit of an effort to to get out of each other's way? Um, usually we uh, we uh, thumb wrestle for it. <laughs> no. uh, I noticed Joe's head nodding. Yes, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like I think this band and, and we all make a conscious effort to really serve the song mm-hmm. and you know, a, a good song stands on its own with just, let's say, an acoustic guitar and a, a vocal or a piano and a vocal. And, you know, that to me shows a good song when it has legs on its own. And then when you factor in adding, you know, two guitars and a piano and then you start introducing, you know, melodic solos and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't I don't feel that. And I don't maybe if you can chime in on this you know I, i've never felt like a sort of competition or you know a, an, a, a need to step out of each other's way because i think there's a discipline into serving a song and we're all really committed to that so now i want to crush you guys i'm yeah. not I'm just kidding um, it's, it, you know i would say this that you know the as john said the the level of musicianship in this band is is pretty high and yeah. you know it's it's ironic that you know one of the things you get asked as a as a musician from other people is like, what advice would you tell a young musician, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get better and you know, that whole thing. And it's most people expect something like, you know, practice your scales or think sure. about when you're playing this, you know, and, and really that the best advice I've ever gotten from anybody is listen, just, yeah. so when we listen to the song, you know, you just kind of feel your place in the song and, and you know, when somebody else is playing and when you, support or stay out of the way and that whole kind of thing. So it, it it's nice to be playing with guys at this level that know that and understand. Yeah. I think the thing that to me that, that spoke kind of volumes to the album was the first time I listened to it, 
I walked away thinking, okay, you've got two guitars, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a guitar geek kind of album. But I don't mean that in any way as a criticism because it, it was very much about the song. And then a friend of mine pointed out, you know, listen to it and focus on Joe. And I went through and I was like, wow, you know, there so many things when you listen to it specifically for something are all there. But nothing really gets in the way of the melody, the song. Um, so you song know. is king. Song is king. That's the first. Yeah. Thing. The um, you know, I, I think about when I listen to, to some of your playing, Joe, reminds me of um, you know, almost like Chuck Lavelle. I know you guys have done some shows with them. And and Gene Taylor, I don't know if you're familiar with him from the Fabulous yeah. Thunderbirds. Yeah, I listened to that and I was like, there's some really great kind of boogie piano in those songs but it's not overwhelming which yeah, it, just, it does its job yeah yeah I exactly. it. that's a that's a nice yeah. set yeah you guys have um have garnered quite a bit of attention you know in you know you've toured with zz top you've done shows with bob seeger obviously you did the the show with the rolling stones what the hell year was that 2019 at this point yeah. um yeah. um is I mean, is that somewhat kind of trip your mind that you know you guys are basically putting out your sophomore album and you've already done so much in that period of time? I mean, really pretty accelerated growth for a band. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a a, a whirlwind of an experience, you know. And um, when you go from you know releasing the first record, hitting the ground running, doing all these like kind of like surreal shows and then obviously you know we have the shutdown where it kind of yeah it, i mean not just us but all bands and musicians and also just businesses alike you know uh, a lot of momentum got interrupted there and you know our goal was to you know try to pick up where we left off the best we could and and uh you know i'm i'm really excited that you know we were able to kind of reintroduce ourselves as the world's opening up with this record and then following suit you know yeah. When you guys are doing those kind of big shows, I mean, I think of, you know, most bands that are even when they put out a, a national release still are playing relatively small clubs and, and kind of struggling, you know, to get gigs. When you're doing those those kind of bigger shows, you walk on stage with for a ZZ Top audience, Bob Seger audience. Do you guys have to do anything differently than you would if you were playing, let's say, a 500 seater um, to kind of pull people in who aren't quite honestly aren't necessarily there to see you um but it's your chance to impress well i i will say this uh in my life as a musician i've definitely played my share of tiny venues with sure. nobody there and i think <laughs> when you come from that kind of experience um you know the approach is always the same whether you're playing for you know a kid's birthday party or you're playing at a stadium you know our goal is to just go out there and do what we do and i think in you know to your question about like you know when you're opening up for a bigger act and there's people that maybe don't even know us or, right. or like aren't really there to see us play i think the goal is to just like kind of first of all we want to you know warm up the stage for the the for our hosts that are coming on after us but also mm -hmm. i think the goal is to just kind of again keep the same approach and just let that speak for itself you know so we've definitely had some really crazy responses that we didn't even expect you know <laughs> Where, you know, let's say I remember one of the Bob Seeger shows we did, we had like a standing ovation. The arena was totally full, which like, 
you know, sometimes you're expecting people to still be trickling into their seats, you know, getting yeah. coming from getting some food or, or, you know, whatever their concessions for the, for the gig. But, you know, we've had some really great responses and that's been super humbling and, uh, you know, a tremendous honor. And, you know, our, again, our goal is just to take the same approach and whether there's nobody there or everybody there for us, you know, like we're just going to try to speak our truth musically and hopefully, you know, people dig it. You just show them who you are. That's, that's really all you can do. And, you know, yeah. Do you get a chance? I mean, like I mentioned Chuck Lavelle, um, do you guys get the, in the, in those kind of stones gigs? Are you guys kind of isolated away from the band themselves or is there any interaction? I know I've seen photos of you guys with ZZ Top, which is obviously pretty cool, but do you, do you get to interact with any of the musicians? I know, well, I should say you have one of their singers on your album. Yeah. Sasha. Um, is there a little bit of like, you know, nerding out over guitars with the guys or the piano? Yeah, I think, you know, um, everyone we've gone out with has been a tremendous host. And, um, you know, we do obviously we get some FaceTime, but obviously, you know, like uh, they're preparing for the show. We're yeah. preparing for the show. And, and you know, the the overlap of like, you know, when we do sound check, they're going to, you know, eat or rest right. up. And then when we hit the stage. So we definitely had some got some FaceTime with those guys. And, and again, I can't I can't say enough like what uh what great um hosts they were and how how generous they were to us um super nice and i i think sometimes when you you know you have known these the, these musicians and these bands from a listening perspective your whole life and you know you in your mind they're cool but then you meet them and they blow it out of the water and they're so much cooler and nicer than you would have expected it's really like a sort of mind-boggling experience you know great yeah i i is it is it ever kind of get in your head or maybe when you first did one of these shows on this kind of magnitude to get in your head that you know holy crap so and so might be listening you know maybe they're not maybe they are but you know that kind of thing where you're like i'm playing the guitar for so and so i i <laughs> yeah uh there's definitely I, I mean at first there's i definitely felt intimidated to be you know playing guitar in front of billy gibbons or you know things like that yeah. but at, at the end of the day, like I always just try to <clears throat> live outside of comparison the best I can. And yeah, you know, that uh I try to like harness whatever nervousness I have into just, you know, into what I'm playing. And you know when you get kind of the nod and, and the, the, the the thumbs up sure. from those guys, you know, it's it's a real um it's a real affirmation that you're on the right track and you're doing what you should be doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much again. A, a little calamity is available now. Now, you guys have some shows lined up for the fall. But anything we can discuss? We're gonna. Um, we're very lucky to be doing some shows with the Stones again this mm -hmm. fall. Uh, we're looking forward to that a lot, and uh, you know, we're also just excited to get back to playing shows because it's been yeah. so long. You know, so yeah, it'll yeah. be great. Any any headline shows in the area? Maybe do like a record uh, release show nothing scheduled yet i don't know yet we we were planning an event that i know got got pushed because yeah. of everything going on everything um, yeah what i'm hoping that we'll probably do is uh and this is just you know these are just my individual hopes this is nothing that's like uh i'm revealing here but you know hopefully we'll maybe uh make up for that by doing like some live stream events or something like that where mm -hmm. we can still you know get everything out in a safe way and really just share our music with people, you know? 
Yeah, that is that is the goal. All right, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much, and, and I appreciate it, and I wish you guys all the best, and hopefully we'll see you doing a show somewhere in the city not in too long. Yeah, John, thank you so much for having us on. Thanks, really John. appreciate it. Appreciate right. it. Pleasure, guys. Take care. The Rolling Stones. No filter this fall. Sponsored by Alliance for Lifetime Income. October 4th, Heinz Field. The world's greatest rock and roll band. Get tickets now at rollingstones.com. Produced by Concerts West and AEG Presents. The Stones. Get tickets now. Speaking of shows in the city, happy to announce finally, formally, that the Ghost Towns will be opening for the Rolling Stones here in Pittsburgh on October 4th, so you get a chance to check that out. All right, we're going to turn our attention now to Pat McManus. Pat uh, was in the band The Mama's Boys. Um, You may remember them from the 80s. They had some hits, uh, some really good stuff, actually. Uh, He formed the Pat McManus Band, uh, has been doing albums for many, many years. Uh, He's got a new album called Full Service Resumed, uh, which in this case is really a solo album. Um, you know, he's got a band that he performs with and tours with and stuff, but this one, this is all Pat, uh, and it's a, it's a really cool listen. I had a chance to catch up with him. He lives in Ireland. It was really cool to talk to him. So we're going to play you a little bit of that album. This song is called Long Haul Trucker. We'll get into that interview with Pat. Gotta keep on pushing. Gotta keep on pushing on through the wind and rain. This heavy store. I'm a low-board trucker. I'm a low-board trucking man. I've got 18 wheels and 40 tons of metal in my hands.
Ireland. We have Pat McManus on the line. How are you doing, Pat? I'm very well, John. Nice to be talking to you. Yeah, pleasure. Um, you are about to release um, the, I think, October 8th. You're going to be releasing your newest album with the Pat McManus Band, Full Service Resumed. This one's got a couple uh, reworkings on some Mama's Boy uh, classics. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the new album where the songs kind of originated from and, you know, the decision to include a few of those songs? Well, uh, the album, well, as you probably, uh, as the whole world is locked down in, in, with the pandemic, I had... Um, no more gigs because we weren't allowed to gig over here. I don't know how strict it was with you over there in, in America, but it was extremely, uh, it was just a complete lockdown. So there was, there was no more gigs. So I thought it would be uh, nice to put some time together. And, and uh, seeing I had time on my hands, sure. should I say. And uh, I, I record, wrote some songs that I had sort of started, John, but I, I, I hadn't got round to sort of finishing them, and I, I got the opportunity then during the lockdown to actually um, finish those songs, and then it was getting into the recording process, Yeah. and I, I had to sneak off here, because you weren't allowed to move outside of your bubble, as they called it here. Absolutely. Uh, the, delegated, the delegated bubbles uh, for people, so... I snuck off down to my uh, engineer and producer down in, in, a, in a town which is about 16 miles from where I live and uh, sort of looking over my shoulder <laughs> and sort of crept into the <laughs> studio there. And between the two of us, we, we, we did the album, you know. So it was, from my point of view, it was great. It was very therapeutic uh, to be fit to do something useful with your time, uh, seeing that we couldn't do anything else. Sure. So, uh, the album called Full Service Resumed. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, how, you know, how many musicians use that time wisely. You know, you're used to a, a, a tour album, tour album, so it was good to see, you know, a lot of people kind of pivoting their schedules. Um, was the album... Yeah, well, did, in our instance, John... Sorry, go ahead. Did you have other musicians joining you uh, on this? Or, I mean, to listen to it, I'm guessing you're the vocalist. No, I did everything. Right. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I played everything. Is is that? Do you like that aspect of it? I mean, I mean, obviously, in a situation like the pandemic, and, and you know, kind of having to do this album under the cloak of of secrecy, um, but you kind of you're in a benefit that you can do the entire album yourself musically. But do you prefer that? Is it? It kind of, you know, you kind of hear what you want all the instruments to do. Yeah, and you know something, John, I, I can fall out with nobody, only myself. Yeah, no legal disputes on this one. <laughs> yeah, so I can, I can argue away, and you know, it was, it was, yes, normally I would, uh, I would get my, my, the band members involved, but uh, uh, unfortunately it just wasn't, we weren't allowed to do that, so I wanted to keep it in the rules, so I decided I would go ahead and just do it, do it myself with, with the engineer, so it was, it was, it was, it was quite a challenge, and it was quite an experience to actually try and do everything yourself, you know. But yeah. I was really pleased uh, uh, with, with the way that things turned out. And, and I, I did it over a, a sort of a, a seven-day period. I didn't waste much time. I didn't deliberate too long about the actual recording part of it, as I was well prepared before I went into the studio. So I knew basically what I was going to do and how I was going to do the overdubs. And, you know, so it was, it was, it was quite a, a quick process. 
And then it was around that time that I had the idea of uh, maybe revisiting some of the old Mama's Boys stuff. And uh, this is going back to the very, very early days of, of the Mama's Boys and uh, from the first two albums, which were self-financed albums uh, that we did, which was unheard of back yeah, then. Yeah, in, know, in that era, absolutely. Would, yeah, most bands were looking for, you know, they would look for a record deal and then make the album. But we, me and my brothers, we were, we were fortunate. We were fit to, you know gig around Ireland and we saved up enough money to, to get ourselves into a studio for a day and uh, so those songs were dating right back to the very very early days and of of the beginnings of, of the Mama's Boys so I thought it would be nice because they also the the master tapes of those albums have gone missing so they're gone I, I, I tried to find out where they were but they've, they've disappeared so they're the, the, they no longer exist. I, I made inquiries to see maybe if I could remix some of the stuff, but it wasn't possible. So I thought, you know, what the heck? I'll just I'll just record a few of those songs, and because some people have been asking me, if they sure. would like to hear them again. And so it was just it was just in that moment that I decided to to do a few of those. Yeah, and and that's a cool thing to do. I know a lot of artists, you know, will go back and and redo some of those songs simply because they want to license the music, and it, it's more financially advantageous for them to re-record the music as opposed to let the masters come from a label but you know you're doing this for for a much nobler cause you know for people who just want to hear the music you know so that's that's cool when, when you mentioned you had some songs that were you know you had worked on and then you you completed can you kind of talk about that process you know i, I think a lot of people think you know, when they're doing a song, it's kind of like you get hit by a bolt of lightning and outpours four minutes of, of perfection on tape. But as a songwriter... <laughs> I wish that was the way. Yeah. I mean... It, 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 it's a labor of love, uh, John, with me, you know. And what I do is I go around with my, my phone and I collect little snippets of ideas, mm -hmm. you know. And it might even be a lyrical content or it might be a little riff that I have. And I, I lock them away. And I, I put them on my phone, and then I revisit uh, the, the the ideas, and then I go, oh, there's a little nugget there. I think I can do something here with this, and the sort of I sort of develop them over a period of time because I'm constantly writing and putting ideas down, just just roughly. Even it might even be with an acoustic guitar, but it it, it allows me to, to 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 go back and and have a look then and a listen at what 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 those ideas are so it was uh, out of those ideas i i i sort of consulted my trusty phone and found little nuggets of riffs and stuff that i quite liked and that's how the album actually that's how i developed those albums and then i sit down and try to de develop those ideas further until we get them into some until i get them into some form of, of a song that i'm happy with but it doesn't always work out you know you can i've had songs that oh maybe dates back Ten years, and I still wasn't happy with them. And and, and eventually, something will come uh, uh, to that song, and I will uh, add something new to it. And and that's maybe what I was looking for all along, you know. But it doesn't always happen that way. It's 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 quite a labour of love to try and get what you want to express yourself that way. Sure. In other words, to, to 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 get the song where you think it should be in your own head, whether people think it is. Or uh, good or bad, I'm not quite sure, but uh, <laughs> at least I can walk away from it going, well, that's the best I can do with that, you know, and I'm happy with it, you know. Sure. It's amazing how technology has kind of progressed to allow you. You mentioned the phone, and I think, you know, you probably were doing something similar on your first Mama's Boys albums with a Tascam or a Fostec, 
you know, scrambling through a pile of cassettes trying to find riffs. When, when, when we first got the Tascam, I didn't even know how to switch it on. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much... So, yes, technology has come a long, long way from there, you know. So it allows me to sort of keep those little ideas because you have those little moments, you know, in the most unlikely times and mo- most unlikely places and you can just switch your phone on and do a little bit of recording yeah. and you go, yes, I've got that idea put away. You know, so it's from that point of view, it's fantastic. Is there a part of a song that, that you, you know, being that you played all the, you know, the instruments and, you know, all the parts and, and wrote all this stuff, is there one part of, of songwriting that you find to be the most laborious, whether it's kind of stritch, stitching together riffs and making them into songs or the lyrics, or is there a part? It, it, that... I, have to, I have to hold my hands up and confess here, John. It, it's the lyrics every single time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, find, I find that quite difficult to do, you know? Yeah. I, I, Some people are really good at it, but for me, it's it's quite a difficult process. The, the riffs and the the song ideas are no bother at all on the playing. I have lots of ideas, and but when it comes to the actual lyrical content, then that, that I have to work really, really hard at that, you know, yeah. so that I'm happy and it doesn't, you know, I, I, it doesn't feel stupid to me, you know. So I, I try my best on that front, and that's a part I try to develop all the time, you know, yeah. because uh, as I would say, I wouldn't put myself down as a what would you say? Uh, a consummate lyric writer is just it's just something that I do as part of the thing and I try to express it as best I can in my own kind of way that it makes some sense at the end of the day, you know. So yes, that's that the, the part I find the most difficult, you know. And just coming up with me, you know, something that's a little bit different uh, in terms of, of the lyrical content as well. For instance, um, uh, a song, the opening track on the on the album is called Doomsday and uh, it's it, you know, I've been people think I'm quite eccentric in, in many ways, but I've been banging on about something going to happen mm-hmm. like, like a pandemic pandemic around the world for quite some time and I thought, well, you know, this, this world is, is, is in, in a rough old state at the minute with climate change and everything else. So that song's a little uh, I tip my hat to the, the to what was happening worldwide with, with mm-hmm. that there, you know, so hence the, the 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 title of the song Doomsday Clock, you know. It's ticking down, we've got to be careful here, you know. Or we could we could uh, uh, disappear from the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's rather rather over the top, but but that's really what inspired me to write that song. The, the song that actually I, I think caught my attention the most, and I was kind of curious, was was it something autobiographical or, or just you kind of put yourself in the third person? Was Long Haul Trucker? Because you know I saw the the, uh, the song title, and I'm thinking, okay, this is you know my mind goes to you know American, so I'm thinking of you know this is going to be you know your typical trucker song where I think of like Merle Haggard or you know someone in kind of you know, the 60s, 70s country music, but, you know, I listened to it, it's got an extremely deep purple feel to it, but lyrically, was it, did you ever drive or have somebody that, you know, you knew that you kind of pulled off inspiration from? Yeah, well, I, I did, actually, you know, I I, 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 I driven trucks when, when my band in the very early days, you know, we, we, we used to go around Ireland with a lorry load of, of equipment from PA and everything else and try to put on a real show, because you've got to remember, when we started out in Ireland, you know, there was nothing like that in the rural parts of Ireland. All. M- most of the major bands that would come into Ireland would only play uh, Dublin, really. They yeah. were afraid to come to Ireland because of the troubles. So, so, you know, we used to take that show. So it was from the perspective of, of, of those 
those men who, who get out there and deliver all the goods that we now expect, you know, delivered to the door, you know. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, that, 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 that guy in the lorry is the man responsible for bringing the stuff to everybody, you know. So it was a little, it was a little O'Day to them. Yeah. You know, so that's the inspiration for, 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 for the lyrics for the song came, you know, and I thought, oh, that would be cool, you know. So it's, it's kind of singing praise for all the truckers out there that deliver everything and travels through the night, you know. I, I, I had a little bit of experience of, of meeting some truckers in, in America, you know, and some of the guys were telling me, you know, they hadn't been home in a year and a half, and I, it just blew my mind, you know, that they're constantly moving, you know, from New York to California. It was It was quite an eye-opener when they started talking to us because in the early days of the Mammoth Boys when we were out on tour in America with the likes of Rat and Bon Jovi and Twisted Sister, we would, uh, we would pull in to a lay-by or, we, you know, uh, or near a truck stop and we would get the violins out because I'd play folk music and we would start playing and the, and the lorry drivers, uh, the truckers would see us doing that and they would, they would, they would, they would stop and say, hey, what, what are you guys doing? You know, and we'd yeah. say, well, we're having a bit of a a little party, did you want to join in, you know, so we'd crack open a few beers for them, and they'd sit round then, and they'd regale us with all the stories of being on the road, so it was, it was, from my point of view, it was, it was like, uh, uh, it was, for, from a lyric point of view, it was fantastic to hear their points of view, yeah. and the stories that, uh, so that was the inspiration behind that, that song, you know. Yeah, and, and it's cool to think about that, you know, from, in your profession, truck drivers are vital, but I mean, and I think everyone in the world has probably realized how vital they are, you know, to the supply chain of, of you know, getting toilet paper and, and food and, and, you know. Exactly, all this. you know, and that's why I'm saying, you know, those guys are, 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 are amazing, you know. Yeah. I don't think people, you know, realize just how much effort that's put in there, especially when they're traveling through the night. They have a little bit of experience of, you know, driving my van to, to gigs and stuff in Europe and stuff like that there. And some of the drives we do can be eight to nine hours, maybe ten hours, mm. but those guys just, you know, they may do 15, 16 hours on the trot, and it was, it's quite an experience to hear them talk about what the experiences they, they have on the road, you know, so it was, from my point of view, it was it was great just to, 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 to pay a little homage to those guys. Yeah, now I see you have some dates coming up um, in uh, Ireland, and then it looks like starting in the spring you're going to be doing some shows in the uk scotland um is the kind of the, the goal to hit you know pedal the metal sort of touring next year at this point well we just you know it, 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 we, we were taking what we called what i would call baby steps for us just to see yeah. how this pandemic is, is is panning out you know so we we have we have put in a few dates and we shall wait and just see how close we can get to doing it or if we can do them or if we're allowed to do them, you know, because uh, with the situation currently the way it is, it, it, it can be hit and miss, if, if I'm being totally honest with you. Yeah. So, yes, I would love the opportunity to get out there and promote the new album. I'm delighted that uh, Store for Music has, has taken it on and, and are putting it out worldwide. For me, this is the first time this has happened since... Uh, since uh, I, I started doing my solo projects, I, it was more of a little, what would you say, a little cottage industry, and I would sell my CDs at, mm-hmm. at gigs, and uh, that was really it. I didn't, you know, I had a few little small distribution deals throughout Europe, but I, I hadn't intended to sort of hit it like I have this time around, but I was speaking to Brian from the director of, of um, Store for Music, and he said, look, would you be interested if I, you know, took this album on board and 
try to help you reach a, a wider audience. And I, I thought, well, what the heck, you know, I've nothing to lose. Yeah. So it, that's, hence, that's how the album came about. And uh, I'm really pleased about that as well, you know, because it gives people... Because I do, I still have people, you know, on, on, on Facebook, etc., that remembers the, the heady days of us touring with the likes of Rat and Bon Jovi and Rush and Twisted Sister in America. And they still say to me, you know, are you still playing? And I go, oh, yeah, 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 you know, I'm still making albums and still recording and they said oh gee you know we would love to hear some of it so when brian came along with that there it was a great opportunity just maybe to to put the album out there for everybody to to get a chance to uh get it or listen to it or make up the minds whether they wanted it or not you know so it was from my point of view it was very exciting actually yeah and it's great i mean this is you know i think of this as is a one of the blessings of the new kind of digital age that this music can kind of make its way into my ears because it's you know like you said if you're selling it it shows yeah, i'm here all the way in the united states is not something i would run across but uh, it's a fantastic album again october 8 uh, this will be available full service resumed um your website uh, people can check you out where, where would they find your gigs they will find it on uh, UK. Okay, and we'll we'll add a link to that. It would be fit to find it there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pat, I want to thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we look forward to this album making it over the states here in just uh, two three weeks. John, it's been an absolute pleasure, and if you ever get over to Ireland, I will have a couple of pints of Guinness ready for you. Well, that sounds like a plan, man. Thank you so much, Pat. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. That's been fantastic. All right, again, a big thank you to Pat McManus. The album Full Service Resumed is available on October 8th. You can check out his website. Uh, Really a cool guy to talk to, and hopefully we'll get to see him in the United States and moreover Pittsburgh before long. We're going to turn our attention now to an event that's going on at uh, Stage AE on the 16th of October. Um, Melinda Kalesi of Women Who Rock was kind enough to sit down with me and talk about this, this amazing event, uh, unfortunately, there was an event planned in, in 2020 that didn't end up happening, uh, that had a phenomenal lineup, but I think she's really knocked it out of the park with the 2021 event. Joining uh, this amazing list of performers that night, Orianthi, uh, you remember her from her work with Alice Cooper, solo artist, an amazing musician. She also did an album with uh, Richie Sambora. Uh, Rita Wilson, uh, amazing musician in her own right uh, certainly a different type of musician than Orianthi but uh, an amazing uh, musician Sheila E will be making an appearance also Lauren Monroe and her husband Rick Allen of Def Leppard on the bill that night the Vindies of uh, Pittsburgh fame and uh, Michelle Michaels will be emceeing the entire event all the proceeds go to benefit the McGee Women's Research Institute um, the event is presented by Gibson Gives, uh, and Melinda will give us a lot more information on that. So without further ado, Melinda Kalesi of Women Who Rock. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks with Women Who Rock, Melinda Kalesi. How are you doing, Melinda? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. My pleasure. You have an event coming up in October at Stage AE. Um, I think that it's probably catching a lot of people's attention. Um, you have, you know, uh, Orianthi. Uh, Rita Wilson, Sheila E. coming in for the Women Who Rock event. Um, I know, unfortunately, the last one that was supposed to feature Ann Wilson had to be canceled um, due to 
well, it was in 2020, so it had to be canceled. Um, but can you talk a little bit about, um, let's start with what, what Women Who Rock is about. What is the, 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 you know, kind of the mission of the organization? Yeah, the mission of Women Who Rock is really a crusade to champion women in music and to also champion women's health research. You know, women in the music industry face some of the same underrepresentation that they also do in women's health research. Um, So I thought it was really important to be able to use the power of music to, number one, shine a spotlight on women in music. As you mentioned with the lineup, the Benefit Concert features 100% female front-end lineup. On average, music festivals only feature about 19% of their lineup uh, are female-fronted bands or female talent. So that, number one, is important. And then number two, women's health research is very much underrepresented. And, you know, you and I are both in Pittsburgh. We're lucky enough to be the home to McGee Women's Research Institute, which is right across the street from McGee Women's Hospital in Oakland. But what a lot of people don't know is they're actually our nation's largest research institute dedicated to women's health. Okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you say the word McGee, and that actually was one of the first things that caught me about this organization when I saw that. It's been a couple of years now. Seeing, you know, the, the, you know, the proceeds and things going to the McGee um, was certainly something that touched me because, you know, I think you don't have to, to go far to see somebody in, in Pittsburgh who has either been treated at, born at, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the McGee Hospital. Um, so, you know, it, it's wonderful to see something so cool and broad reaching, you know, this isn't just a, a hometown kind of event. This is, you know, this has grown much beyond the borders of the 412 and the 724, um, you know, but, you know, kind of, I think at least from a, an outsider's perspective, the flagship event on the 16th, an amazing opportunity so can you talk a little what what people expect i think we you know we can see the talent you've got orianthe and rita wilson sheila e uh the vindies uh, michelle michaels an absolute legend in this city um but, but what what are they in for when they come in the door that night is it uh, just a full-on concert or or what what's what's the night going to look like they're in for an incredible concert but also a ton more um, we have a rock star silent auction. All the proceeds from the auction support Mickey Women's Research Institute. And this auction this year is just like going to be <laughs> over the top in such a great way. Um, we have one of a kind limited edition guitars from Gibson. We have a company out of Arizona called Iron Horse Amps that made a custom women who rock amplifier. Um, we have autographed music memorabilia. Um, taste of Pittsburgh baskets you get to experience all these amazing local wineries and restaurants and trips. So all of these great one-of-a-kind um, auction items that you can only get by being at Women Who Rock. Mm-hmm. The other thing we have is um, a beauty bar. So, and you know, I say that, uh, but I also want to say that we have a ton of men uh, that attend Women Who Rock and have a great time too. So it's by no means just a female audience, but we obviously have a lot of women that attend, so we have this great beauty bar that's an activation with giveaways and samples and things like that. VIP lounge, it's going to be filled with, 
you know, local celebrities, iHeartRadio DJs, uh, you never know what talent pops through that um, VIP lounge as well. And all of our guests in the VIP lounge receive gift bags that are valued over $300 and complimentary appetizers before the show. We also have a really cool women's health pop-up that McGee brings. It's an interactive mannequin that you know, while you're at the concert, you can scan her with an iPad and learn a little bit more about some of the challenges. You know, like for one example, heart disease. I think a lot of times you just think about heart attacks and you think about men having heart attacks. But what a lot of people don't know is actually heart disease is the number one killer of women. So it shows you things like that, but it also shows you what by being at that concert, you're helping to fund the research that is changing the outcomes of those kinds of horrible diseases. And then we lounges and just all kinds of fun. Um, we have a rising star contest that is open right now as we speak that we're looking for the next great young female singer-songwriter and the winner of that gets to perform a song and it's been incredibly life-changing. You know, we've had a couple past women who rock rising star contest winners and they come to us a couple years later and just have these stories how this opportunity has totally changed their lives, given them the confidence and tools and mentorship to have a great career in the music industry, and that means so much to us. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great exposure for for a young lady, um, and, and we had posted the link to that. I believe that's open to 13-year-olds, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, um, 13 to 25. Oh, 13 to 25, Okay. So, yeah, there's certainly a, a, a wide demographic and, and a great opportunity for some massive exposure. It was interesting you mentioned about um, heart disease. You know, I think anybody who's had, you know, a loved one uh, who has gone through heart disease realizes how much more lethal the first heart attack can be for women. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity, you know, to get that education for, for women and for men, you know, as you say. Um she would be an amazing, and, I, and I'm remiss I did not mention Lauren Monroe uh, and husband Rick Allen of Def Leppard um, on the bill as well. So uh, shame on me for, you know, that was one of the first things. I was like Rick Allen, oh that's awesome, you know. I think everybody recognizes that name. So a really a, a fantastic night. Um, now, if if folks wanted, you know, more information, like I, you you mentioned the McGee research, but you also mentioned kind of efforts for promoting women in the music industry. Can you talk a little bit about how how you go about doing that? I, or obviously, you know, you, you realize there aren't, I think anybody can look at it and kind of objectively see there aren't a lot of women in, you know, management and production in particular. Right. You know, I think people might think, okay, we well, have, you know, you have Taylor Swift, you have, um, you know, some women, you know, some pretty major stars in, in performing, but... You know, there's a huge discrepancy once you get past that level. You're so right. And and really, we see it a lot on more of the technical side, engineering, production, mm-hmm. studio. I mean, there are definitely women out there doing that for sure. But um, it's just, it's not even close to an even playing field. So, you know, we're, we're trying in a couple ways. Obviously, the concert's one, the rising star is as well. But, you know, things like our social media um, at Official Women Who Rock, posting things that are educational, inspirational. The other thing that we've been doing a lot more of are smaller events throughout the city. And actually, we just hosted our first event in Nashville this week, too, that always feature female musicians. So, you know, it's also these other pop-up 
doing around the city that give other more local artists the opportunity to, you know, be showcased and be part of what we're doing sure. at Women Who Rock. Sure. Now, I, I know this particular event is uh, presented by Gibson Gives, um, Gibson of the Guitar, and, and you had done... During the pandemic, um, a few months—well, it's been more than a few months now—but you had a series of, uh, you know, online events featuring Orianthe and some other um, female musicians. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship with Gibson as a whole? Yeah, they have been incredible. Gibson Gives is, of course, uh, part of Gibson Guitars and their overall family of brands. Uh, but Gibson Gives is their foundation um, arm, and they relaunched the foundation uh, recently. And when we told Gibson what we were doing through the power of music and how this had, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, a global impact, you know, if we're able to raise enough money for cancer research, it's not only going to cure cancer for people in Pittsburgh, it's going to have a, mm-hmm. a global effect. So when we told them that and we told them how we're, you know, aligning with female musicians, like Orianthe is a perfect example. She learned, she actually is a Gibson. She just for, uh, released a signature acoustic guitar with Gibson here a couple of months ago. So, you know, she is very much a part of that Gibson family. But when we told her about the cause, she was very open to share with us that her mother's a breast cancer survivor. So she told a little bit of that story. And, you know, Rita Wilson's also a breast cancer survivor sure. and a COVID survivor. So we, we found these artists that had a very personal story. And Gibson opened up all of their showrooms um, in L.A. and Austin and filmed these incredible virtual concert series. And we um, broadcasted them online through Gibson TV and through our social media networks with links to be able to donate. And we raised over $50,000 for McGee Women's Research Institute that month. And that was really important. This event is McGee's largest fundraiser, and not being able to have it really was uh, uh, not a you know a great thing for our fundraising effort. Sure. So they came in, and then it just developed from there. When they learned more about what we were all doing, and vice versa, um, they have selected women who rock as one of their core charitable partners. They're going to be presenting the concert in Pittsburgh this October. And we just went to Nashville to do a PR event with them. Um, they are going to be featuring the new Women Who Rock merch line. And there's two amazing co-branded pieces. There are two Women Who Rock guitar straps that are going to be available in October. And some really amazing Women Who Rock and Gibson guitar picks um, that during the month of October at their brand new gorgeous Gibson garage in Nashville, they're going to be doing a Women Who Rock and McGee Women's Research Institute pop-up for that month. So um, they've been incredible partners. And again, you know, what better way than to help change lives than Mm -hmm. through the power of music? Is this something, you know, as as I hear you talk, I think, you know, this would be a really cool thing to take on the road almost you know to to do that has that ever been something you know i mean obviously this is you have to run before you can or walk before you can run excuse me but is that something that you think about you know down the road you know that the influence this could have as a traveling you know festival type show absolutely and we really were planning to do that the year that the pandemic hit but 
Uh, looking into 2022, we are right now planning an event in LA and we want to get back to Nashville and do something. But yes, your vision is right on. That's exactly what we would like to do. Yeah, that would be wonderful. And, and you mentioned the merchandise. I know on womenwhorock.info, you have a link to the, to the new merch. And I had seen the email with the, with the really cool lightning bolt logos. Um, is are you still doing the pop-up store i know you had had it one point we are yeah we're going to actually be back at the mall at robinson um starting september 24th we'll be there for a month um till october 24th we'll be there on friday saturday and sundays right in the middle of the mall the rotunda and we're going to have a full experience for you um the pop-up shop will be there an interactive women's health pop-up we have live music that will be happening. We actually do have a, we're going to do a free community guitar class uh, that's hosted by Cheryl Rinovaldo, who's an incredible guitarist based here in Pittsburgh. So all kinds of good stuff uh, that will be popping up. So stay tuned for more information on that. Are those clinics for, for kind of new players or, or is this, a, you know, kind of a more advanced thing? You know what? We're going to do both. We want if if you just bought a guitar and you've been wanting to take that first lesson or you know take that first step, you're welcome. But then we want to open up too to do something a little bit more advanced. Excellent. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of people you get intimidated when you know you have a, a you know a clinic type of thing where it's like you know you see these great musicians do these kind of clinics and you're a little intimidated because like I suck and I don't want to go and, and and make a fool of myself in front of Dweezil Zappa or yeah. something like that. Uh, but that's <laughs> That's great. You know, I think, you know, getting getting anybody involved with music is such a wonderful thing. And in the last two years, it, it's uh, the one one of the silver linings of the pandemic, I should say, is that I think it's gotten a lot of people more interested in, in learning. You know, you look at uh, I know that some particular uh, online music retailers have soared in business in the last year and a half. Yeah. And then that's wonderful to see. I'm sure it. it it's great for for Gibson, but I think it's good for people's mental health, which is, you know, something I think that sometimes goes under under addressed as a whole. You know, is, is you know people's mental health getting through the pandemic? And sometimes, you know, I know just a few hours ago I had the the Marshall up on seven just to because it makes you feel alive. You know, and it's nice. it's a great pleasure yeah. you can get playing the guitar, and it's you know I think it's healthy. So it's an awesome opportunity to get out there and do that. Um, tickets still available for the event, or the VIPs kind of is sold out at this point, or where are we on that kind of stuff? If people hear this and say, "Oh, I, I want to get down to stage E for that," yes, please join us. Um, VIPs are getting very low in inventory. Um, we have general admission left. There are a couple different uh, VIP levels, so um, we have reserved seats bleacher seats there are a few vip high top tables left um so women who rock info and you know you mentioned when you get a ticket to the concert not only are you helping to fund this incredible health research but you know you're experiencing this whole entire event so there are yeah. so many other perks that you're going to have and it really is it's an event and at the end of the night you leave with this really amazing sense of empowerment and that you've done something really good and it's a really uplifting um, night awesome well i want to thank you so much for your time it's great to get a chance to catch up to you unfortunately last year we spoke but the event didn't happen but uh you know fingers crossed melinda that this year is, is going to be a huge success and thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me on today and we hope to see you at women who rock 
right that about wraps up this episode of iron city rocks another long one in the books we want to thank melinda Kalazi of women who rock you can go to women who rock.info get all the information on that event october 16th stage ae orianthi rita wilson sheila e lauren monroe the vindies michelle michaels uh, all proceeds benefiting mcgee women's research institute so uh, say no more uh, Pat McManus got the new album, Full Service Resumed, October 8th. And also want to thank the guys from Ghost Hounds. Um, you can't get much bigger than uh, opening up Heinz Field for the Rolling Stones, October 4th. The new album is available now. Highly recommended if you're a fan of of music with a little bit of soul, a little bit of blues. Um, listening to it kind of took me back. I, I, I will admit that I listened to it very in close succession to seeing the Black Crows. Uh, if you enjoy that kind of music, it's, it's right in that sort of soulful rock uh, arena right there. So definitely worth checking that out. I want to thank you so much for listening. Check us at ironcityrocks.com, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line, tell us what you like or don't like. We are on all the social medias. Just look for Iron City Rocks. You can't miss us. Appreciate the follow. Till next time, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>